Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together we talk about a science fiction film that we have watched and coming up on this episode we'll be talking about Stowaway which was a Netflix movie that came out in April of this year so it's actually quite a recent film and uh, I was catching up on some uh contemporary stuff that might be relevant when we're talking about best of the year and stuff like that when we get to that that stage so um we'll dive into that in a minute but i will take this moment to remind you before we get on with the your scheduled programming that we are doing a top 50 vote for the best science fiction films of all time in the description you will find a link to submit your top sci-fi movie list you can do a top 20 Uh, you can do all the way up to a top 50 if you want but the minimum is a top 20 and the deadline for that is the 1st of July, or the end of the month, if you want to look at it that way. But uh, that is the that is happening, so go, go. we'll have a big results show where we'll count down the top 50 based on the points that you all give movies. So that is what's happening, so go and, go and check that out. Uh, but yes, Stowaway, which is about, as the title would imply, Stowaway on a ship, and particularly a spaceship. It is in the near future. There's a mission to Mars. It's about some scientists and astronauts who are basically doing some early stage experiments to potentially lead to a, a colonization of Mars. Uh, they're doing stuff like botany, things like that, to try and figure out how to like convert Mars, to terraform Mars, uh, or at the very least be able to sustain life in structures and domes, you know, one would assume. So... That is what they're doing, but there's unexpected guest on on the ship after they've launched. They've, they've f- discovered a fourth person that wasn't supposed to be there, uh, and that's where you know the 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 film sort of builds from there. That is the the, the the key inciting incident. So we'll get into that. I guess we'll start spoiler free in this one. I think just to give some general ideas, since it is a pretty new film, and people might be wondering if it's worth going and turning their Netflix on and uh given it a watch but uh, we have not had the best history when it comes to netflix movies netflix originals that is so and tara's just silently shaking her head and no we have not yes um i was just painting a picture for the audio listeners i wasn't critiquing it was a valid expression form of expression Mm -hmm. i'm just yeah so we're gonna get into it so uh i suppose the big thing here is is the cast for this we have anna kendrick uh, who's this sort of medical... I mean, I assume she's going to do some research when she gets there too, but she's basically acting as the ship's medic. Um, we also have Daniel Day Kim, who you might know from Angel, the spin-off of the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer. He was also on Lost. Many people know him from Lost. <laughs> but he's one of those things. Uh, Tony Collette is the captain, of course, uh, known for, for many a thing. I think I first saw her on The Sixth Sense, but I've seen her in numerous things. Uh, throughout the years but even just speaking of netflix she was in a, a limited series called unbelievable that came out uh what's your last year maybe two years ago based on a true story uh she was very good in that so all-star cast and then even the fourth person the stowaway the titular stowaway um i can't remember his name off the top of my head let me just double check here uh shamir anderson he was on winona erp which i did see season one of uh, and then he popped up in an episode of dear white people as well so even like so all four cast members and it is basically just those four because when the movie starts they're already launching so they're we're already on the shuttle with them and it's time to go 
yep. we don't really we hear a couple of voices maybe from the the comms but that's about it barely yeah so everyone's a known name in some capacity uh you know we have a couple of veterans we have anna kendrick who's kind of the star and then we've got this uh you know the fourth guy is kind of starting to be known and upcoming so the, uh, very well-known cast and the director who i didn't know this when i was watching it but i just checked the director uh joe penna he actually directed another film that went straight to netflix a couple of years ago starring mads mickelson called arctic where it was just mads mickelson surviving after being stranded in the arctic uh and that was a decent little survival movie i'll, I'll just I'll throw that out there that was a decent little him trying to like leave signs for people and try to like draw attention but ultimately just try survive and possibly not get mauled by a potential polar bear <laughs> so fun it's, 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 it's an alright movie but anyway that's the setup tara i had it over to you now what is your general feelings on story um, I thought it was a decent little sci-fi movie. Uh, you know, g- good cast, like you mentioned. And um, it reminds me a lot of Sunshine. <laughs> Most, I mean, there there is like this almost attack plot in Sunshine, which is not part of like the, the whole major plot of that film. It is like one little section of the movie that is like a really good section it, of that film. It's a subplot in Sunshine, which here's basically the whole plot once it yeah. once once it gets to that. Right. Obviously, there's some setup, but once it gets to that point in this film, that is the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I thought it was done in a way that was really engaging and very like it seems very scientifically accurate. I, I don't know for sure, but um, it it looks like because it's not too distant future, like the problem solving that they have to do seems realistic enough and i thought the last like 45 minutes were actually quite tense and it's a decent little sci-fi movie you know i i went into this and i really liked the opening scene i thought the actual mm-hmm. shuttle launch and the way it was shot could we never like cut outside the the shuttle or anything like that it was all just inside mainly focusing on a kendrick and her reactions and i thought the sound mix was very good the rumble of the bass in the 5.1 mix was really good uh, it was really overpowering, and nothing else in the movie for the rest of the film had that amount of bass, which makes sense because they're in space. So the end credits. Yeah. So, you know, you you have this, and I thought it was really set in the scene. It felt, it felt really strongly directed, which makes sense because the director's previous film that I saw was also fairly well directed. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have to admit, there was a certain point where I was kind of waiting for it to like spark into life, and I don't know if it ever quite got there for me, where. Really? I, I I kind of appreciated what it was doing, but I I I almost felt like, and maybe it's because I've seen some of the same debates happen in Sunshine with maybe more colorful characters, but the characters like I both it's kind of a double edged sword. In one hand, I kind of like how these characters are a bit more down to earth and aren't over the top, mm-hmm. but at the same they're very realistic. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I also felt like they, they needed a bit more depth to really carry like if the entire crux of the movie is going to be the question that they're struggling with which i'm not going to spoil uh and the you know the last two thirds of the movie then i feel like i need a little bit more of it rather than kind of the i don't know just sort of like half-hearted approach that i felt this movie kind of took to it um i really appreciated how down to earth um the characters were and how grounded it seemed to be like i like seeing films where like we we do so much to make it as accurate as possible, but except for the characters, mm-hmm. you know, 
Like, <laughs> it's nice to get something that is very, it, it seems like, yeah, these guys would be astronauts. Like, they would be cool under pressure. And they would be able to problem solve and and do the right thing. And, you know, I thought it was, once, like, the big decisions, like, started happening, I appreciated that they, you know, reacted in a way that real people would. Yeah. I, I just think they could have been a bit more, I don't know, interesting, I guess. So like the the characters are a little <laughs> bit lacking, and they they pretty much only have like their one. I mean, not even all of them have the one defining thing. Like Anna Kendrick has like one story she tells about her backstory. Del De Kim mm-hmm. has a little bit of a tether to the world, but for the most part, it's left fairly off the table. And I, I'm okay with them being more down to earth and more realistic and more uh, grounded. Because, uh, mm-hmm. after all, it's not some schlocky movie. I don't necessarily need them to have these big, bright, colourful personalities. But more just some... So, more of an arc for them, really. I, I guess the problem is is that because they're all kind of just nice, decent people to start with, and even though they're maybe pushed to a point where they may have to challenge that a little bit, ultimately, by the end, you know, they're still nice, decent people. <laughs> There's not really much yeah. of a journey that, like, changes who anyone is um sure th- but like I, I needed, you know other mo- I, I gravity needed, has i, I needed a more dramatic and, arc and... is what i'm saying right? just to finish my point i needed a more dramatic arc for at least one character and i don't think i got it hmm. okay so i was left thinking what was the point of this movie <laughs> what was it about because <laughs> i'm not entirely sure i know <laughs> well i mean I, i'd say more but we'd have to talk about spoilers but Yes, we'll get we'll get into some I, I, I mean, like <laughs> it's still, yeah, okay. Like, I I still think that it uh, was really engaging, and I think, I mean, not that it's entirely unpredictable, but like some of the actions that the characters take are a little bit surprising because I was expecting things to be drawn out a bit longer, or um, like in another movie it would have been right until the end or something like that, but. This one seemed a bit more realistic. <laughs> and I, I think if you try to jazz it up too much, like beyond what you're capable of, then you run the risk of making like a cosmos where like the characters are supposed to be grounded, but they have these like ridiculously over the top, like dramatic scenes that, <laughs> that make them now cartoons look, instead of like, I'm just, like just going to put this out here. There is, there are layers in between what Cosmos did and then what this movie is. It's not either this or that, okay? There are levels. It's a gradient. It's, just, it's a, it's a, it's a risk. That's there's, there's, a, there's a gradient. That's all I'm saying. There can be something kind of in between the two that is the perfect balance, perhaps. Is is what I'm saying. I just, I just, I needed a dramatic arc from one character, and I don't think I got that. So, and because there's no core character... You don't think Anna Kendrick has that? Not really. I mean... Okay. You can, you can, you can try and convince me in spoilers. You can convince me with, like, actual... The receipts. You can show me the receipts, but... My, my general feeling when I got to the end was that... Okay, that was a nice slice of, like, you know, traveling in space and, like, you know, issues prop, crop mm-hmm. up. They make it a bit more about survival than just what it was supposed to be in the first place because every movie in space is that right and right. I, I think that's part it's not of, just a smooth ride you know and i think that's the <laughs> other part of the, the the problem is that yeah we can compare a big chunk of the plot to sunshine 
I think we can compare a lot of the individual moments and things they face to several other movies that are set on spaceships, uh, especially mm-hmm. the more grounded ones that treat it, you know, less like a like a super future where space travel is now normal and it's just like taking the bus, right? Not those, mm-hmm. but anything that's like a sunshine or not quite Ad Astra, that's maybe a bit further, but like, you know, anything, even 2001, even though, I mean, obviously that movie's very different in its tone, but in the sense that the spaceship is still very grounded and, you know, based on what space travel mm-hmm. could be um, and the sort of problems and like, you know, going outside the ship and all that stuff so yeah i I mean i think because all of the 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 set pc elements of it all the the sort of the 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 action thrill elements not that it's an action movie i I just mean in terms of something goes wrong we're in danger we have to fix something right that kind of thing anything like that that pops up we've seen them all done before better so it hinges on the characters it hinges on the character drama to make the movie feel special and it's not this is bad. I just don't think it's ever higher than us, like warming up. Like it, it gets, it gets warm. It, well, yeah, I I agree that you know. it's. I I agree that mm-hmm. it's it's missing something to make it great. But as far as like a science fiction movie goes on Netflix, like it's pretty good. Like it's definitely like, um, like a fun ride and suspenseful it's, and I think I appreciate how grounded it was I mean if we're compared to all Netflix originals yeah it's, it's coming out quite favorably <laughs> on that scale <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's better than I am mother mm-hmm. uh, Oxygen's an interesting one to compare it to actually I, I feel like yeah we've had something similar yeah I, I don't know I don't know if I would I don't know where I'd, I'd, how I'd compare the two actually I think Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, obviously they're very different. It's better films. than Wandering Earth. Oh, I have to think what that movie that was. <laughs> it was uh, a long time ago. Yes, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was better than that. Do you know what the sad part is? I think with all of these movies, though, I can see the better version in my head. I can see a Wandering Earth that is silly good fun. I can see a version of this that is the. the the 12 angry men of space. <laughs> well, technically four. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I could see sure. the better, like, very tasteful version of it. And it's not that this is distasteful. It's just... I, I guess the problem's maybe more the script than anything else. Because the movie's two hours long, right? It's, it's basically just under a full two hours. And mm-hmm. when I when I was getting to the last, like, 30 minutes, I was like, oh, wait, this is still... This is just going to Act 3. This is, like, the big ending is, like, the resolution to this. When... Well, honestly, when that stuff started, you know, that dilemma that they were, you know, they're still fixing towards the end of the movie, I genuinely thought that was just going to be the middle chunk and there was going to be more afterwards and, you know... No, it takes the whole rest of the film. And then actually, I think the last part goes by fairly quickly because of that. The last part does go by quite quickly. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, And it does take some interesting turns and when characters choose to do certain things or when they choose to reveal certain things. Um, Yeah. But... Yes. But yes. So. Just missing that extra ingredient to make it great. But it was still really good. A good character arc. <laughs> sure. Well, because some, sometimes like, it is genuinely that. I don't really know what it's missing. It's just missing something, right? And that's when we say the extra ingredient. Whereas here I actually, like, no, no, I can tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, hold on, you're vegan. I don't want to use a, a steak dinner to compare. To compare. 
Hold on, let me... It's... <laughs> it's a pasta with an ice sauce, but it's missing the pasta. No. <laughs> See, this is this is hard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the perfect food analogy for this. You need to open up your 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 kitchen possibilities and eat more vegetables. <laughs> um, but it's the it's it's a. Uh... It's, it's rice stir fry, but it's missing the tofu. <laughs> I don't know. Rice is rice is good. Maybe, maybe that's a good comparison. I mean, rice and vegetables is pretty good too, but like tofu is the extra. <laughs> I th <laughs> I'm thinking. You remember those? Uh, like the oh, what's that festival? Fire festival, whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know if you the photos of the sandwiches they got. They looked really pathetic. No. No. I'm not trying to say this movie is as bad as those sandwiches because it's not, <laughs> but I'm trying to like sort of like use a sandwich as the as the thing like the key ingredient in the it's sandwich. It's airport is food, All right? Like it's like you've got you've got your subway sandwich and it's got all the the, the salad oh, on boy. it. It's got a bit of the sauce, but the the mm -hmm. main ingredient, whatever it may be, whatever you like in your subway, whether it be something vegetarian like like taramite, maybe yeah. chicken tikka like I normally get, maybe it's you're making meatballs i don't know but that's the thing that's missing to me in this and it's not so much that the, the the plot's not good because the actual dilemma they're facing is obviously a really good dilemma to ground the movie around it's actually mm -hmm. the, the the idea is solid i just think it needs you know the the central character arc to be more satisfying and defined uh but hey <laughs> there we go <laughs> not to not to belabor the point too much um is there anything else you would like to uh discuss before spoilers any elements of the technical no. presentation perhaps oh uh, you're trying to goad me into a point uh no, not really it looked very good i, I thought it, <laughs> it looked i like the design of everything it looked like um like yeah if we were going to do a mission to mars today that's people with a little bit of a head start you know but there's a few uh, moments in the movie where it wanted to show off that like their set was quite big, where they'd actually built a lot of these like parts of the ship as one continuous mm -hmm. set, because they did a couple of, uh, I wouldn't quite say oneers, but fairly long takes going through parts of like you know they're not corridors, but you know the segments of the ship, and then turning and going down another segment, and sort mm -hmm. of making you feel like oh this is actually all here, and it is it yeah. feels connected, uh, so that's neat. Um, also, so I don't know this, right? And I'm not saying it's wrong, because I actually don't know. I've never really considered this, because I, I know that when you're in space, you, you know, the reason, the way you have artificial gravity is because you're spinning the ship, or you're spinning whatever, and, and that, this movie adheres to that, where they've got the, the, the rocket that fired them up, or part of it anyway, that's on the end of a big, like, beam, and then they're on the other end with theirs, and it, it's constantly spinning, and that's given them the gravity, right? And we see it in, in 2001's another great example, you know, where he's running up the center part that's spinning mm -hmm. um but something and maybe this is probably true but I, I don't think i've ever visually seen it this way but i never considered that the rules for this also existed on the outside of the ship too like i always thought the artificial gravity was only inside the ship not oh oh i understand what you're saying do, do you know what i mean yeah. like where if you're yeah. if you're standing on the exterior of the ship because, I mean, I'm not saying too much to say that in the movie they, they set up the idea that 
if you climb up the middle beam, the yeah. closer you get to the middle, you lose gravity. But you, you've got gravity at the start when you're standing on where the ship is. And then it, you come back yeah. into gravity it's again. It's weird to see yeah. astronauts with gravity on the outside yes. of the, That's what the I'm exterior to of the ship also. Yes. Yeah. Is that accurate? Is that a thing? Would that, would that be... I believe so. Yes, yeah. Okay. I mean, if, if, if it works inside, it should work outside also. I mean, so long as you're on the outside that's facing towards the center and not away from it, because then you would fly off. Of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It was just a, it was, it was the sort of thing where I questioned it for a second. Went, I'm not going to say this looks stupid because I actually, this might actually be completely accurate. I've just never seen it presented with the outside of the ship before. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, because it's, it's weird to have like gravity rules in space. Mm hmm. But they are technically all always spinning, and they're part of the structure yeah. that's spinning. So, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. No pun intended. <laughs> I'll spin with it. <laughs> nice. I'll spin with it. So, yeah, I thought I'd mention that. All right, uh, well, we'll give you the spoiler warning then. So, full spoilers for the movie from this point on. Uh, so, obviously, our three characters. Uh, I thought there was a good good moments of like, acting between the three of them as well on on the way up. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Day Kim's obviously a little bit sick from all the motion. Anna Kendrick's I appreciate it when they when they showed him actually throwing up that it was out of focus. Yes. It's enough to get the idea without like seeing all the vomit. Of course, yeah. It wasn't trying to be gross out or anything. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get that. Um I I really dug uh like I say, the 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 way it handled the launch itself and how it never cut to the exteriors, how it kind of stayed inside. Um, I think the, the first moment that felt a little bit off to me was when we actually found the stowaway. Um, mm -hmm. We found that character, uh, Michael, I think his name was. Uh, the character, mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael. Um, because Michael, like, Tony Collette finds him, and it's kind of this almost like nothing moment where it just very suddenly happens where he falls out of the uh, the, the panel like on the on the roof. Uh, or the ceiling, yeah. I should say, because it's inside. But um, it's so sudden. I'm like, wait, there was no like, build-up to all the stuff. And, and admittedly, he is unconscious. He's not supposed to like have been creeping about or anything like that. No, <laughs> but no. It just, and she gets her arm crushed and like, yeah. And then Anna Kendrick's just like, oh, I have to turn into doctor mode because there's a hurt person here. But like, how the hell is he here? I, I do love the reaction <laughs> of uh, her and Daniel they come and they run in and they're like, wait, who the hell is this? Where do you come from? <laughs> Where's space? Well, I think and one of the big misdirections of the movie, I think, is that you're interested to this character and they give you this moment where he, when he first wakes up, because he's unconscious at first, they stitch him up, give him some meds, whatever. And he wakes up mm -hmm. on his own and he, he, he has this reaction where he looks out the window and sees Earth and he's like, He's in space. And he's, yeah. he's in shock and he's freaking out. And that moment's there, of course, to give us some plausible like reasons to believe that he didn't intentionally do this. That he didn't intentionally sneak onto the ship and yeah. come with them. And I mean the movie's called Stowaway, so it puts it in your head that he's he's snuck on board. But I genuinely thought it was still going to play with it because I, I I thought the moment where he came to like sit with them when they were eating and he tried to apologize mm -hmm. for freaking out. The way he was sort of so quickly kind of like calming down, like relatively to like when he was freaking out before, made me think that he was like, oh, that was an act. He's he's playing them now, uh, kind of thing. He felt a bit like, oh, I don't know if I trust them. I still don't really know if I understand exactly how he got on board. Like he was working and then like there was an accident, but like he's inside of a panel. 
So uh, did they explain it and I just missed it or I don't think they explained it. It's just like nobody really knows. We're just accepting it. Yeah, they never really know because he doesn't remember because presumably he got a concussion. Because I mean, she's, I think Anna Kendrick says that it's normal to have forgotten like what just happened before because you got a concussion. Uh, and he's obviously injured. He's you know he's stitched up in his side. It it does seem like I mean, how, admittedly, yes. How did he specifically get into that location? Uh, is I don't know. Maybe someone can figure this out. Like how he ended up locked inside the ceiling when he was doing. Uh, well, I mean. When when the ship was taken off, it wasn't really a ceiling, so maybe he was working on part of it and fell and then got lodged in there, and then once it's in space, it became the ceiling. I yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. Um, but it was it was interesting because I really thought they were going to play with the can we trust them or not, and it's not so much that I wanted that, and I was disappointed they didn't, because honestly, we've also seen that done a lot, is like, can mm-hmm. we trust this other person on the ship? Is he secretly... Yeah. Because... I, th- I really genuinely thought they were playing up that he might be sabotaging things. Because obviously the big thing that gets the plot going is that the carbon uh, dioxide, like, not filter, but the scrubber, right? The, the thing that, you know, gets rid of the carbon dioxide and makes it sure they don't all asphyxiate, right? That that breaks down. And I couldn't help but think, but, well, did he? Does he get a reason to sabotage it? Is he like some sort of like, like anti-Mars person or something? Yeah, that's... I was, that was going, <laughs> that was going through my head also. Because uh, when we see the panel, they said it's shorted out, but then, you know, Tony Collette's like, we'll take a picture of it. And it looks burnt, but it's like, was it sabotaged or was it an actual short? I mean, it could be, because there's a nice tease at the start of the movie when they're lifting off and they say that the trajectory's a little bit off, they're a little bit under. And, the, and it's actually, I quite like the idea that they never explain this, but it's quite obvious that that's because of the extra weight of one more person. Mm. It's, it's a nice little yeah. touch. And I wonder if it's not so much... Obviously, it never feels like he actually did that. Because it, it, nothing in the rest of the movie makes you think that again. Like, he's he's completely no, nice the rest of the movie. <laughs> he is as surprised as they are yes. to be on board the station. Right. Basically. But he, he... So there's never any suspicion from the rest of the movie. So I like the idea that whatever caused the damage is... It's by him, but not because he did something. It's just because him being there, his extra weight... Him being like extra oxygen, yeah. H- him being um, because when when he falls out the ceiling, like he like the part that he was up against kind of gets damaged, and like they have to seal off that that section because mm-hmm. like you know the pressure's falling. Tony Collette, like uh, thing is it um because ultimately what this movie becomes is we only have X amount of oxygen, and we can only filter out so much of the carbon dioxide. Until we get to Mars. And we're fine once we get to Mars, because once we get to Mars, there's another station or a colony. There's the stuff, there's more supplies and oxygen there. We'll, yeah. we'll be fine once we get there. Presumably, presumably if, they've even, if they're on the surface of Mars, presumably that they've got, you know, like the Martian, they've got domes with like plants and stuff, you know, giving them oxygen for forever. Right. This They do not seem like the first crew. No. No. In fact, there's, like, there's, there's even the thing in the, like, where everyone who's been on it signed their names... Uh, yeah. above the door so yeah this is and Tony Collette I think this is her fourth and final like trip like mission to Mars something like that yeah so yeah it's been going on a while and I think they said it only takes like it's like a five month trip which is pretty quick five months there five months back and they spend uh, like a year and a bit because it's a two year yeah. it's a two year mission overall so I think it's five months there and then they spend like a year and a few months and then five months back right so right so you know uh, and the, the way it's sort of set up is that Tony Collette's like there because she's the captain who flies them there. She's she's basically just the the pilot to 
transport people. The other two... Yeah, I'm sure she would be very much more helpful, but her arm was crushed, so she can't do a lot of the things anymore. Oh, for sure. No, I, I, forgetting yeah. what's in the movie, I'm just talking about the setup where the other two are like people who have submitted what they would do with research on Mars. So Tony right. Clare doesn't seem yeah. like she does that herself. She She's there as an astronaut to take the scientists who are going to do... I mean, clearly... Anna Kendrick and Daniel Day Kim have had some training like in basic safety and like knowing how to put on the suits and, and all that, which obviously Michael's not had because that's a plot point later on is he doesn't know how to do anything in space because mm-hmm. he's not been trained for any of it. He was never supposed to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yes. But anyway, um, so I, yeah, I was thinking he sabotaged things, but he, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He's, uh, and they do all, uh, what the dilemma becomes is that there's X amount of oxygen until we get to Mars and with this device destroyed, there's only really enough oxygen for two people. But Dial Day Kim's got a bunch of like algae with him that he's going to use in his experiments. And Tony Clark says, Hey, like, can you use that to like pump you know, eat up the carbon Make dioxide air. and pump out oxygen? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I mean maybe I can reach those numbers if like but I mean, it's not a guarantee it'll survive. Like it's it's temperamental and it's it, like, do we need to rely on this? And she makes it very clear that, yeah, this thing's gubbed. Like, you have to go and give us it's some oxygen. It's we're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. the second half that he puts out doesn't survive. It immediately goes. And it's like, okay, there's only enough oxygen for three people. And we have this fourth person who's not meant to be here. So it's this interesting thing where it's never a debate who's the one who should die. No, it was always, yeah, going to be Michael. And I Which think, I thought was interesting. Like, they never even considered uh, anything else. It's just like, he's the one who's not supposed to be here. So, basically, he was dead from the moment we took off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, think, I think it's a fair thing to, assume, uh, to jump to, because ultimately, those two are both going with purpose. Now, admittedly, Daniel Day Kim's research is all ruined because all of his, all of his samples are dead. Yeah. So there's a debate to be had that maybe Dial Day Kim is just as expendable now. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. But he's it, had the training. Yes, though. he's at least trained in how to help on the ship, which is more useful yeah. than Michael. So I suppose that's fair. I suppose that's fair. Yeah. But, I think it says a lot yeah. about Michael also, who's just like, who's also not considered like, well, why does it have to be me and not one of you guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of understands. And I, I think that's the crux of the movie, which I do admit is a really interesting crux. It's the idea that everyone... Because he doesn't know it first, right? We should make that clear. It's only mm-hmm. the other three characters yeah. who know and they're keeping it from him. And it's not until Daniel Day Kim uh, goes and tells him, which he does because he, he wants Michael to have the choice of doing it himself. But partly because they're like Anna Kendrick was like, look, you said that we've got 20 days until it's the point of no return where one of us has to go. So we've got enough oxygen mm-hmm. left. But can we give him some of that time and like maybe try and find an alter- you know, alternate way, find another solution or whatever. And Tony Clark says, I'll give him 10. But Daniel Day Kim's thing is like, yes, we have 20 days, but there's a margin of error. And if anything else goes wrong, we kind of want reserves. We want to have as much left, like, you know, in the tank as possible. Right. We don't have to lose another person. Yes. Like all, all we're doing is like lowering our own chances of survival by letting him live an extra 10 days. And it, yeah, and also like by giving him the option of killing himself, then nobody has to murder anybody. 
Well, one of the things I liked about this part of the movie is that Tony Collette like talks to Command, uh, and mm-hmm. she talks to him and says, and explains what they're doing. And Command, you know, I mean, we don't really hear the other side of the conversation. We just hear Tony Collette's reaction to it. But Tony Collette says, "No, like I still need my crew. I need these two people to still function. And if they are like traumatized with guilt." they mm-hmm. won't be able to function they we need to i need to give them this i need to give them this 10 days to at least look for the other possibility make it feel like they really have to do it otherwise they're, right. they're never going to be useful to anyone ever again uh, right which is good for her character because she's been the one who's been like pro-death from the beginning so it's nice to have that for that one scene where you'd be like well she is like really trying like, like the it's it's hyperion base that are like no you have to do this we're really pushing like no 10 days no 20 days just as, the sooner the better well yeah because they're doing it from a cold science perspective and they're right the math right. is what it is um and that's something that that phrase is brought up a few times daniel day kim says that the math just works out that this is what it has to be and he goes and against the other's wishes the other two don't know about this he, he gets this uh you know something some chemical some some shot that'll some sort of syringe thing so, yeah. so some you know humane way of ki- killing someone and he explains what the situation is. He gives it to Michael and says he wanted them to know. And of course, there's a couple of scenes with them bonding before this so that there's a bit of personal weight to it where he explains. Right. And then you, you get a scene with like all of them and Michael where he's like, he, he can tell that everyone's becoming more distant from mm-hmm. him. They don't want to get close to him anymore. Yeah. Uh, because Daniel Day comes a big fan of jazz and he was trying to explain jazz to me. I was on Michael's side here. It sounds like a big mess to me. <laughs> <laughs> me too so i'm with michael on this one but uh i've given jazz many chances but like maybe i need like a real musician to explain it to me <laughs> so but so there's a little bit of bonding with them he has a little bit of bonding uh with with anna kendrick as well so that they all care and he's sort of what he's looking at the earth you know he's, he's at the the observation window I can't, remember that, that, I can't remember what they called it but that's basically what it was and he's looking out and he's having this sort of he leaves like a, a message for his sister who we actually found out in a, a scene before this with Anna Kendrick when he's getting stitched up that it's not actually his biological sister it's someone he saved from a burning fire and our like our parents or our one guardian was killed in the fire right that was the story oh I thought it was his actual sister because they were in the same room together Oh, maybe he you're was right. like nine and she was you, uh, you, an infant. Do you know what it was? It's because he says the line, I became her legal guardian, which I guess yeah. I I took that to mean, oh, he like took her in when he... Because I figure if you're... I, mean, I guess technically, yes, if you're an older brother or sister, you would become a legal guardian. But I, I, in my head, it's just kind of automatic because of course you would. Yeah, if, I think they're like eight years apart or something though. Assuming you're older. Obviously. So maybe you would be able to have some time where you can be their legal guardian. Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously, I assume there's an age difference enough. Obviously, if you're like one's eight and one's ten, the ten year old's not becoming the, the legal guardian. Probably not. But as, assuming, yeah, he's like, you know, 18, 19 or whatever, and she's like 10, 11, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it makes sense. So, um, but it's all this, you know, to make it sound like, oh, he's kind of a hero. He's he's, he's got someone that he yeah, cares the, about. The movie's definitely playing it up like, okay, he's not dying. And, that, and this, is, this, is, this is where I think the script's a little bit. A little bit thin because it feels like it has one scene of him bonding with ld kim which i think is solid because of the acting i think mm-hmm. his dramatic story about how he got his scars and how you know 
how important his sister is to him. And because his sister needs medical care as well. That's the other thing. His first concern, and this is probably one of the best things that ever like make you sort of latch on to him as a as a good character. Is his first mm-hmm. concern when he realizes in space is that his sister, who he looks after, who needs like sort of help and assistance, uh, is on her own. Um, that's his first concern. So he he's concerned about that long before he's concerned about anything else. Yeah. And that's that's kind of sweet, and it makes him okay. He's, he's got someone he cares about, and it's it's kind of selfless in, in a way, and and all that. But I have to admit, the where the movie where it falls a little bit apart for me is one his dramatic backstory to Anna Kendrick because it feels a little bit just too on the nose and thin. Like, like this is a hard thing to explain, but sometimes in a movie when it's just doing like script writing one on one. I can see the the Matrix code in the script where it's just doing the thing. It's doing the thing to make us care about him. And then, mm-hmm. but more so than that though, is when he's sitting there with the EpiPen and he, he's, he's maybe going to kill himself. He's left this emotional message. Anna Kendrick comes in, sees the pet, and knows what it is. She's figured it out just by looking at it. And, well, she's the doctor. And she is. I mean, it's her equipment, basically. She, she, she's yeah. put two she and two together. She knows what it's there for, yeah. <laughs> and she gives this emotional story herself about how she saved someone who was drowning and how she went out there knowing that though the tide was too strong she didn't know that someone else because the story ultimately ends with like she was probably going to drown too but a, a boat like a little boat with someone like came out across and pulled them both up and it was kind of just a, a stroke of luck mm-hmm. uh, and he says how did you know someone was going to be there to save you and she's like i didn't which first of all it's a little too specific of what the ending's going to be <laughs> for my for my liking, but well, in retrospect, for sure, but not at the moment for me. I just it felt so. I just it, it's hard to say in some cases. You know, maybe it's just a better script. Maybe it's just better performances. Not that I think Anna Kendrick's bad by any means. It's just no. I think she's quite good in it. There's something about this scene that just came across to me as very cynical, where I could just see that this is the point of this part of the script, is to try and set up the emotional, like, ending, right? It, it just it, it felt like that, because she's talking him out of this, and, wh- and I didn't know for sure that she was going to sacrifice herself at the end, but the idea being that... Because, honestly, at this point in the movie, I, I genuinely thought the ending was going to be that some deus ex machina, much like, bef- like with the boat, with her story was going to she was going to be proven right for having faith when no one else did and Mm -hmm. she kind of is to a point first because she wanted to see if there was any oxygen left in the oxygen tanks on the the launch ship which is at the other end of the big you know beam right but it's too risky it's too risky because they might hit various things on the way they might fall off but then of course the rest of the uh, the algae dies and it's like oh shit now there's only oxygen for two people well (laughs) now we need to go and do it we can't let one of us die. I know, we're so important. Uh, and it gives you that big happy elation because when they get up there, it fills up to 250, which is what they need for the third person. It's like, okay, keep going, keep going, get a 500 plus, And then it's enough yeah. for all four. And it gets there and I'm like, this is too happy. Okay, something bad's about to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole time I'm like, okay, well, something else clearly is going to happen. Like Daniel Day Kim's going to die or something. Yes. I, I really thought he was going to eat it. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, because they couldn't get the, the second tank because a solar... And, and and this is probably where it felt the most too, like, oh, it's a movie. Oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a solar storm coming, radiation, you have to get back inside. Yeah. You don't, now there's a time limit. 
yeah. Do, do you know what the weird thing is though? I think the only reason why I had a problem with this, because there's nothing really wrong with it, it's just that it never happened at any point before in the movie. When the siren went off, we didn't know what it meant. Tony Collette had no. to tell us what the siren meant because they never set this up. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I thought that the setup was the solar panels in the middle being like electrically charged. So you don't want to like touch it or screw up any of the equipment because that powers the ship. I thought something was going to happen with that because that was set up. Yeah. But that, that's my, my point is, though, is that you, uh, when it, things are that high tension and mm-hmm. you have like a tense moment where the, 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 you know, the oxygen is slowly filling up into these tanks and, you know, we're, we're sort of. I mean, we we're, in sp- one. we're in space, so it's literally silence, right? And the, you know, the pe- if the pin drops, you still won't hear it because it's because it's space. But <laughs> you're you're having this tense moment. What you want for me in the audience at that point is that when I hear the sound, the second it hits, I know exactly the the thing that's the coming. Dread. The dread. I know exactly what it means. And obviously, it's not, it's a siren, so I know there's something wrong. But they never like set this up that this is something that happens and. It just it feels also, like an old bear. Also, straight from sunshine. Also, pretty sunshine esque, yes. <laughs> uh, pretty sunshine esque. Uh, uh, and the, mm-hmm. but I did like I did like the uh, the mechanics of the. So we're going to claim the cables going up the beam, and at first we have to use this little system with the pulley because there's gravity. So we're heavy, right? We're in our suits. It's going to be even worse when we have tanks to carry. Um, yeah. But as the closer we get to the middle. It starts to get very easier. Yeah, yeah. It, the the weight just goes because there's no gravity in the middle. But then when they start coming down the other side, there's a point where they're just sort of like floating down, and then eventually they start to get heavier and heavier. And it's, the, the, I thought it was a good bit of tension, like trying to like hook in the the, the thing again uh, mm-hmm. to to slow down. Um, which is oh yeah, and know. she definitely does not is not able to and crashes on, on the way back. Yeah, when she has the tank and it goes barreling out into space and it's just like yeah because this is the thing they couldn't get the second tank because they didn't have time but that tank meant oh wait now there's only two people can live oh shit i've really messed this up <laughs> right but then Anna can- right because you know she yeah. leaves the, the other tank you know there to keep charging while they have to evacuate or i'd say evacuate but like go back to yes. the ship so it's like okay well once the solar storm's over we can go back and get that that second tank risk it again in order to save michael but you know once she drops and the canister's gone it's like oh okay someone still has to die yeah which is uh, now admittedly it doesn't really solve the problem that eventually someone has to die but i didn't really understand in the scene why she had to go back out right now during the storm because she does she goes out during the solar storm and it slowly kills her enough time i'm pretty sure time for what right well, they have to turn off all their equipment and stuff because of the solar storm, too. And they say it's going to last for hours. Well, so... They didn't have to turn their stuff off for her to go out in the first place, though. So why does it have to be off while she climbs? Well, they had to be off because of the solar storm, right? Yeah, but they didn't know... Isn't that why they turn off everything? But they didn't know the solar storm was coming. So when they climbed up originally, it wasn't turned off. No, they turned it off when the solar storm was coming. So why... So so why does she have to go out while everything's turned off? I I assume it had something to do with the oxygen. <laughs> this is my point because all I could think was okay so cuz she hooks in the second tank right and she has to leave it behind but it is hooked mm-hmm. in and it is the, the oxygen is transferring and all I could think was well 
It's not going to go anywhere, right? Sure, why can't she wait the few hours whilst the storm's there, and then go out and get it then? And admittedly, yes, the, the problem when she gets back is that, okay, we only have enough oxygen for three people now, uh, and there's four of us. That, so we'd be back in that problem again. But I didn't understand in the scene why she had to go out now whilst the storm was actually happening. Yeah, I guess I just kind of assumed because something with the, the storm and them having to turn off all the electrical stuff because of the storm being there but they maybe are, caused the oxygen to go down. But they already made the claim. <laughs> like before, when everything was turned on. So I don't see why it's any different. Well, no, I don't think I think you're connecting two different thoughts here. So like... Okay, they, you're on. <laughs> yeah, so they're climbing, everything's on, the yes. storm's coming, they're coming back, and they turn off all the equipment. Everything's turned off. And because they don't want the solar stuff to like affect the electrical equipment. Okay. And that has to stay off during the storm. They can't turn everything back on, right? Why, so well, then she goes yes. out again. But what I'm asking, why does it have, have anything to do with her going back out again? Well, I've, <laughs> I'm saying like I think they're in a rush because everything's been turned off. Because they can't turn anything back on until the storm's over. But why do they have to do it while the storm's... Like, why can't they just wait till the storm's over and go back out then? Well, I assumed it was because the, everything was turned off. I mean, that's the only thing that was different. You, you keep saying that. I don't know. What, what does that affect? Does it affect anything? <laughs> Maybe it has some sort of effect on their oxygen levels. It's not filtering air or something. I don't know. <laughs> the, the but yeah, you're right. They don't explain it, but like that's the, what my head did. <laughs> the first time they go out and climb, everything's turned on still. So clearly mm -hmm. it can be turned on while they climb. Yeah. Right? And then they yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. That has right? nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm saying that the, the reason they have a time limit is because everything has to be turned off during the storm. They have a time limit to get back. To get back inside so they don't die. Mm-hmm. All the other time limits have anything to do with them having to turn things off. Okay. Yes, I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why she had to go back out while the storm was still going. Not, not, none of this conversation has got me any closer to this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm befuddled. I'm befuddled by all of this. It's, do you know what it is? They wanted to have their cool visuals of her putting her hands through the fancy like solar dust <laughs> as she's climbing. It was cool, right? They wanted the pretty visuals, and maybe if they just put in a line saying. Oh, there's a chance that the tank will disconnect, so we don't want to leave it long. We we should go as soon as possible. But when they're sitting there saying, "Oh, who should go? Who should go?" and Michael says, "I'll do it," you know, "I'll volunteer." And Toy Clips, sorry, like I know, I believe you want to, but you're not trained, okay? Tony Clips' yeah. arms obviously still banged up, and she's also the captain. Daniel Day Kim wants to do it. He says he's going to do it, but he's like out of breath. He got sick. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I, I think he wants to do it in spirit but he doesn't physically want to do it yeah is that fair to say i think i mean like everybody's silent and he says that he'll do it and then anna kendrick's like you're not you're not doing it you have a kid like <laughs> i'll do it she's she's the she's the hero she's the one who yeah but who, i think it's fair to you say know, goes into the water but he was getting up to, he was willing to do it. I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't want, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to do it. No one wants to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying like he was still brave enough to volunteer yes. when nobody else was doing it. 
but it wasn't until he said that he was going to do it that Anna Kendrick said, there's no way that you're going to sacrifice yourself for this. Yeah, but it was also because he was he was literally getting sick, like the first time they climbed. Like he, he fell behind mm-hmm. because he couldn't keep up. So sending him out on his own was just a, like a stupid decision. He might not make it back. Uh, so there was a lot of reasons beyond. I mean, obviously, I'm sure she is thinking about the emotional like sacrifice side. She absolutely is. But there was definitely some, again, cold science reasons to not send him out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So it basically left Anna Kendrick. Because the whole thing with Anna Kendrick's character, right, is that she's willing to go out even if it's going to kill her to save someone else. And it was her plan in the first place, her idea in the first place to go to the, you know, the, 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 the launch part of the ship that's at the other end, even though it was so dangerous. And it paid off at first, but ultimately it actually reduced how many people were going to survive. Well, technically not really because the algae all died, so I guess it didn't. But like, it kind of put them into an equally worse place. And it wasn't until she could go on her own and actually just straight up sacrifice herself because she wasn't sacrificing anyone else that she was able to actually save someone. But she's all, that's already been heard the whole movie. Like when she told the story about her and the, 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 the saving someone in the war, that's already who she was. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really changed uh, with, with the character. And I think that might be okay if it was a more, uh, you know action-y, thrilly kind of movie. But because it is a movie that focuses on the drama, the characters, and almost a Twilight Zone-esque situation of we have this dilemma, we have this awkward mm-hmm. thing where there's four of us, and one of us needs to die, and even the person who is the obvious choice understands and agrees that he's the one who probably should die, because he isn't supposed to be here, he can't contribute anything, he's not he's not doing any of the research, he can't help with the ship. He understands why that is the choice. And I kind of appreciate that it doesn't become him, like, you know, try to defend himself. Because I, I, I was a little yeah. bit worried it was going to turn Nobody's, into... like, drawing straws or anything like that. I was a little worried it was going to turn into them, like, like try to murder him and, like, chase him around the ship. And, and like... Yeah, me too. I was, I, like, they never talked about how it was going to happen. Like, when, yeah. like, they were like, we're just going to keep this from him until we have to do it. And it's like, well, are you just going to murder him while he's sleeping? Or, <laughs> like... That's going to be traumatic for yeah. everybody involved. And if you confront him, you know, he's, he's a tough looking dude. Like, he, he might, like, fight back. And if he fights back, you know, I know there's three of you, but he might, like, do enough damage to at least one of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, oh, enough oxygen for him. But, like, <laughs> yeah, he'll go to, like, Mars prison. And I, don't get me wrong. I appreciate that he didn't. <laughs> because him, him being good until he realizes that he's going to be essentially killed because there's not enough oxygen, that turning him into a villain who fights to survive. While it makes sense and is a fine character thing to do, it's been done in so many movies. It's been cliche. Yeah, it's a total cliche now. So I was, I'm so glad they steered away from that. I'm glad it was more just this really sad, like understanding and just being kind of depressed mm-hmm. and emotional about it. Um, so I, if anything, because it was genuine and seems to be that he did. I mean, maybe there's some ambiguity where he maybe he did intentionally try to sneak on. Like the the, the room is still there for that in a way. Um, but I think if he did, like, I feel like he'd have to admit it by the end of the movie because, because let's say he did this for some good reasons that he, at least he felt were good. I think by the time you get to like the emotions that they've all went through, like he would probably admit it. You know, maybe maybe when mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick's going to sacrifice herself, he'd say, "No, I should do it," and then confess, you know, uh, or whatever. Right? I don't know. But so, 
anyway, the point I'm making is I almost wish there I'm was... I'm glad they didn't go there, but yeah. yeah I, I almost <laughs> wish there was a little bit more time spent with his, like, holy shit, I'm in space. Holy shit, I'm not going to be back home for two years. Holy shit, this, holy shit, that. Like, mm-hmm. just really emphasizing his shell shock elements. I... I actually started to suspect that he was villainous and he did this intentionally because he got over it too quickly. Like, I genuinely had that thought. And maybe they wanted me to think that, but in the long run, it kind of felt... I look back on it and go, I know, I wish they'd actually just... It it just feels forced to how quick it was now to get to, you know, the next parts of the plot. I don't know. I mean, he was uh, was always surrounded by people who were super calm and, like, calming him down also that I think... He just was with the right people to get him to that state of mind. Okay. Uh, I, I could have used some more, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's not a frustrating Netflix movie. <laughs> it's frustrating because I see potential in it. I like how some of it's done. I appreciate a lot of the choices that were made, but I still kind of felt that, like, I don't know if the character drama while I like a lot of the choices that were made, I don't think it's mm-hmm. good enough to not make this feel like it's a bit too slow in places. Does that, is, does that make sense? Um, I really didn't have a problem with the like the pacing of the film, especially like the last act. I thought just flew right by. So and the, and the first act was just like this mystery, and them starting to like accept that they have a fourth crew member and people getting along. And then, like, the drama of the dread of somebody has to die, and it's going to be Michael. And that acceptance I thought was good. And then the, you know, the arc of the hero of being, of, we have a solution here. We should fight for, you know, doing the right thing. Anna Kendrick's kind of like, she's like a Superman hero, you know? She's just, no, we're not going to go to this level of letting someone die. She always does the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I quite got that from a character Superman levels, but I, I can see, I guess, what you're getting at. Um, see, Jean-Luc Picard. No, that's a Superman character. Mm. I, I will happily compare Jean-Luc Picard to Superman. Just to pull someone mm. from your... Uh, your world. <laughs> My zeitgeist. Yeah, your zeitgeist. <laughs> your, your, your Trek zeitgeist. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just, I think her arc is just a little bit lacking. It's a little bit too one note for me, I guess. And because of that, I think there's a lot of good decisions made with the characters and how they react to things that feel, which feel refreshing because they're not necessarily what the typical movie would do. But I don't know if this yeah. movie itself actually takes those interesting decisions into a, 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 like a further development or a further exploration of what that does to the people who are making those decisions and i wish it would have went that extra extra level so i I think it just doesn't go quite go far enough in the script for me and i just see if these characters were a bit more fleshed out i think this could actually be a really special movie where instead of doing a bunch of other things where because sunshine even though i like that movie it does kind of this thing where someone has to die to you know so the auction's the right amount at some point right Mm-hmm. But it's like part of a long string of things, and some of them are a lot more action packed. Yeah, some of them there's are a lot, lot of bad things that happen in that. Film. And some of them <laughs> like are right after the next are a lot more Hollywoody, and, and so on and so on. And there's a couple of Hollywood moments, but not many of them. I think the idea of taking that one core dilemma, that one core thing, 
and turning it into right. a 12 angry men or four angry people in space where it's just the debate and the emotions and the consequences and the morality of it and making that that debate the story. i actually think that's a wonderful idea i don't think that's sure, I'm, I'm sure we talked about that when we talked about sunshine like this part of the film was really interesting and it would have been nice to have like the 12 angry men film of that we may have we may have said that exactly and it sounds like something we would say <laughs> quite frankly. sounds like something you would say okay so like, uh, i was gonna take credit for you it you use 12 angry men a lot i mean i love that movie too i, I like... was gonna take sole credit for it but if you want to give me credit i'll take credit <laughs> but <laughs> i don't think that script well it's not a bad script there's, there's definitely much worse I, this is this is the weird thing about like discussing a movie of this rating which i'm not going to reveal yet <laughs> but when you've got a movie that's about this rating is you're in this really annoying middle ground where it sounds like i'm shitting on it because i'm saying all the things that i think it can do better but it's because that it's it's pretty competent and i can see it being great i can see it going that extra mile but yeah. it, but let's make it clear it is a decent movie with some good elements that is much better than some other crap like uh, there's a lot of stuff that is oh, below yeah, this in the totally. totem pole I, it, absolutely i think that's com- completely fair to say too so yeah yeah uh I think sometimes I can sound like I'm being more harsh on something that I'm lukewarm on compared to like a complete piece of shit. Sure. Sure. Because I'm almost more disappointed in a way because it got there. It was almost there. It was reaching. It was reaching for the stars. <laughs> it was reaching for the stars and just didn't quite grasp them. Mm. Yeah, got to grab the, well, the they're brass pretty far stars. away. <laughs> they are pretty far away, but it's, it's, a, it's a figure of speech. Rain of my parade. <laughs> Don't terraform my planet. Uh, uh, I like that. I might steal that. <laughs> it's like rain on your parade. But yeah. Yeah. See. Destroying a planet with my ideas. Yes. One could say that when the atomic <laughs> cinema experiment started, that uh, Tara terraformed the male fuzz YouTube channel. That's right. There's two of them now. So, yes. Uh, but. <laughs> Everything's going exactly as planned. <laughs> so, yes. It's just, uh, yeah. Just a, a little bit more on the characters, I think. Just a little bit. Because I think one of the most interesting character di- dilemmas of the whole movie is like Daniel Day Kim. Because you think he's going to try and kill him when he's asleep, when he goes and gets the pen. And instead he goes and says, no, I'm going to tell him what's going on. And I'm going to let him know so he can choose to die like a like a man, effectively, you know? <laughs> he can make that choice himself. Well, sure. Well, it's not just that. It's that it gives him... Because he knows his life is ending, it gives him time to, he, like... He can make peace with it. To, to mourn and make peace yeah. with it and, like, leave, leave the right kind of message to his sister. Um... Stuff like that. It's not. It's not just like a selfish thing. Like I don't want to have to kill you, so you do it. Yeah. No. It, I, it I, is. Like, I like the guy has the right to know. I like that. Well, that's the thing. You threw that in the middle there, but I do think that's a really key, interesting part of it. Is that he could be accused mm-hmm. of doing this out of cowardice because he would rather not have to kill someone. But and I think that's always going to be like, yeah, that's clearly a silver lining to this too. That he doesn't have to do this. <laughs> but I, I think yeah. it's always presented in a no. There's a lot of reasons why he should know this. He should make this choice to do it himself, because because even even Michael himself can like feel like he's he's being a little bit of a hero by choosing to do this without you know making it difficult for them without putting up a fight. Um, 
there's, there's a lot of like layers to that and i think it's one of the most interesting character decisions of the movie and i think maybe mm-hmm. there being some more shades of gray and not in the characters per se but like to the decisions where you know i don't i don't want the thing in sunshine where there's one of them just an asshole like chris not chris pratt sorry chris uh evans I was, I was, what chris is it what chris is it I almost said pain as well. One of the Hollywood Chris's, yeah. What, what Chris is it? Because right, he's like just the asshole in that movie who's immediately like, ah, let's kill him. Let's, let's do it. Let's just, let's just kill him. <laughs> and, well, clearly we should strangle him to death, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't in this, and I'm glad it wasn't in this because it, it did make it a bit more nuanced. Uh, but I, again, I felt like there was more depth to reach for, uh, which is the, the one true disappointment of the film. But it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly big one in the grand scheme of things because I do think this could have been special otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is there anything else you would like to add? I think I'm ready to wrap up. <laughs> really? Okay, nothing else. No, I don't, can't think of anything to add. That was sort of like your summary. Which is why I'm giving you a chance. But okay, we, we can rate the movie then. We can rate the movie. Like, sometimes I realize I can go on for a bit, all right? I realize I can do that. No, no, it's good. It's what people are here for. You have the in-depth analysis, and I go, I like it. <laughs> well, with that said, uh, <laughs> do you want to rate Stowaway out of 10? I do like the movie. Um, I, I thought it was, you know, I, I always sort of dread the whole watching a netflix movie for for the ace i, I kind of just want to stick to the classics and the <laughs> the fun big stuff but um i thought you know it was an easy watch it was i thought it was very very grounded and i found that very refreshing a lot of the decisions like what we talked about with with kim's character and um and his like decision making i thought was unexpected and very intriguing um yeah, the effects look good it's a it's a great premise um but there is something that's missing to make the movie special like you said like i i definitely agree with that like it's still there's something about it that is you know the emotional stuff isn't hitting like it's supposed to or um yeah it's just it's just missing a, a thing that makes it makes it great but i still definitely recommend it and I thought it was pretty well done for what it was. So I'm going to give it a 6.5. I'm also, I'm also giving it a 6.5. I'm just laughing. Oh, that's funny. I'm just laughing (laughs) a little bit because I decided that in my head, like I mean, like a couple minutes ago, I was, I was thinking about it. Uh, and I felt like you were going to go higher than me. Yeah, I thought so too, but no, I think it's a 6.5. I would agree. It's a 6.5. Uh, should be more, but it's six point five. So there you go. I already summed up. I'm I'm good in that. I do want yeah. I do want to rant about something else that's slightly separate from the movie here on my experience huh. watching the movie. Um, over the years, Netflix video quality has declined, mm-hmm. and for some reason, like almost everything that's a Netflix original is presented in 4K. In fact, these days, everything's Dolby Vision. Everything's, you know, 4K Dolby Vision. That's what Netflix do now. But despite the fact that this came out in April, I assume this is because it was made, it wasn't actually made as a Netflix movie. Netflix just bought it after it was already made. But this was only in HD. This was only in 1080p. 
and their 1080p quality now is absolute dog shit. Like, it is absolutely horrendous. I uh, I tweeted out this out. I, I, I took a photo of my TV at one point because I was constantly seeing compression artifacts all over the screen. Every time there was a shot of space, you could see, like, pixels doing a little dance in the black, right? Uh, the back of heads, especially Michael, right? My, every time it was, like, this, the back of Michael's head in a shot reverse shot, when you can see the back of his head, it was just, like, a blobs of pixels, right? Just sort of doing this. And it was awful. It, it was so distracting. It was horrendous. I am appalled at the quality. Because it never used to be this bad. It was it was never as good as, like, a Blu-ray by any means. N- not Not at all. But it was better than this. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to say that I didn't notice because I definitely noticed there were some parts, some details where I'm like, I know this should be clear. Mm-hmm. But like when he you know, when he takes his shirt off and she's like looking at him like uncomfortably, like there's something going on with he I, he's got burn marks and yeah. stuff from the fire. Yeah, it's not an attraction. But thing. at first it's, it was it's not it's not but a, at first ooh. I'm just like I'm not I'm not picking up on that. Like, what's yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it just it generally lacks a, a clarity. Uh, and I, I know that last year when the pandemic hit, they actually reduced their bit rates uh, because more people were streaming at the same time. Which I yeah. I mean I already so they were forced to do it. I already thought it looked not that great, and then they reduced their bit rates. So I was really pissed about that. <laughs> um, and it feels like they never put them back up. And honestly, I just, I had such a negative experience watching this, not because of the movie, but just because of the presentation because of Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, to the, to the point where all I really watch on Netflix now are Netflix-created content that's in 4K, because I, like, I don't want to watch a movie on Netflix anymore. I think it looks like shit. I, I would rather mm-hmm. go find it on Prime, if, at least, if not, just rent it or buy it on iTunes or something, because it looks better. Uh... So that's my rant. Okay. I just I had such a negative experience where it was just it was distracting me the whole time. And but it says a movie set in space, so every time it went to a shot of space, all I could see was pixels. Yeah. And so space stuff is dangerous for that. Yeah, it was because because obviously every time it goes to an exterior shot, it's the whole thing spinning, right? They always do this big shot of the the two mm-hmm. ends spinning. I was I was thinking I was glad I didn't see it in theaters because that could make me sick. <laughs> the constant star spinning. I get motion sickness in like rides and stuff that have that. I I can get motion sick. I don't get motion sick from just watching something though. Typically, anyway. Mm, there were parts of Gravity where I was like, mm, it, it was pushing it. I almost had to close my eyes. Although I watched the movie last night on stream with uh, the audience. Go check out Mail Fuzz Live if you want to do a movie watch parties with myself. Uh, we have we do those a couple of times a week. They're good fun. But we watched a movie called The Vigil, mm-hmm. and there's a moment where someone starts choking on something, and he sort of puts his hand into his mouth to pull it out, and my gag reflex just started like going, just watching <laughs> it. I never yeah. had that happen to me before, so I've learned that I can have a visual like yeah make me gag that's that's why i'm glad they they blurred out the the vomiting yes. scene yes i appreciate that yes uh, it was more because the guy was like coughing up here i, I don't think like because that's that's just like oh <laughs> like that's just it was awful <laughs> no i know what you mean like there are people talk about like getting sick because they watched something gross on the screen and yeah. like that's never happened to me before yeah like, I, I don't like someone vomiting doesn't make me gag it's just vomit whatever hmm <laughs> Yeah, I think the sound of vomiting is mm. worse than like seeing it. 
I mean, the worst part of it is the smell, and you don't get that when you watch it in a movie, so it's fine. I, I think the sound is the, the worst thing. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, but that, that that's why, uh, you know, obviously there's been some gimmicky ones that they have done in this, but that's why adding in smell to the movie experience is not taken on broadly, because let's face it, do you want to smell a zombie movie? No, you don't. <laughs> Do you really want to smell what rotten corpses walking around is going to smell like? No. It'll just be it's awful. Nice when, they're, when they're in like the pine forest and stuff though. <laughs> Imagine watching Night of the Living Dead and actually smelling the zombies. Oh. The smell of vision. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Alright, that's been stowaway. Um what is coming next time I'll I'll check. In the meantime, um if you got to this part of the the episode, if you got to the end of the review, put the words No, put the phrase Tara loves Anna Kendrick in the comments. Sure. This is a, this is a bit of an in-joke because uh, Tara uh, thinks Anna Kendrick's a bit overrated. <laughs> I think she's she's fine in this movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is about her. Maybe it's just because people love her so much. You just don't get Maybe the obsession. It's just guys love her so much. Yeah. yeah. I, not, I mean, I like Anna Kendrick well enough, but I'm not in the like like Martin. Connor both love Anna Kendrick. They, like, I think it's just the type of movies she does. Like, I know she's really funny and cute in, like, real life and stuff, and it's great. But, like, when I heard this was an Anna Kendrick movie, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be, like, she's going to start singing in space <laughs> or something. Or she's going to be all quirky that, and, like, no. Pe- plucky in space. That's Pitch Perfect <laughs> 4. Pitch Perfect 4 is the one where they go to space. Okay. I don't like those movies. Hey, it's possible. They're talking about Fast and the Furious and Jurassic Park crossing over, so I mean... Oh, God. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Tara's going to post for the thumbnail. I think um, Disney needs to take Jurassic Park away from Universal then. No, Disney's got too much. It's already a monopoly as it is. Uh, it's a shame they got Fox. Alright. Three, two, one. Pose! You're going to have to do that again because your head's cut off at the top. <laughs> right. No, no, don't lean back. Just keep, keep this forward, but just duck down a little bit. Because the the further back you so go, hard. the worse resolution it's going to be. So it'll look worse. Mm, okay. <laughs> I hate this. All right, three. Why do you make me do this? <laughs> three, two, one. You're a tiger. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> That's what a Canadian tiger looks like. Is it okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I don't want to eat you. <laughs> oh. Very good. Uh, next up uh, on the show, uh, next week we'll be doing uh, the, the, the recent vote winner from Patreon. The new vote, vote should be up by the time this goes up for everyone. Uh, but the last vote winner was Deep Blue Sea, which is, mm. admittedly, only borderline science fiction. I'll be the first to admit this. Uh, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> like, Tara really wanted, like, four animal movies in the vote, okay? So I had to get creative. <laughs> I'm the one who suggested Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> it counts. Like, it's sci-fi. Like, I love me some Deep Blue Sea, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I haven't seen it since the theaters. I'm not gonna complain. I saw, I mean, I've not seen it in a long time, but I watched it a lot on cable. Like when it hit cable, on pay per view, 
mm-hmm. back when uh so- something something uh shouldn't have been getting the pay-per-views but that um the, no details um <laughs> like I, I i taped deep blue sea on pay-per-view and then saw saw a lot in the, in the... Well, you're you're a big fan of Wing Commander, right? So, God. how dare you? I didn't see it's the w- same actress, isn't it? As the same actress, and she's the worst part of Deep Blue Sea. But Deep Blue Sea also has Yellow Killjay, Samuel Jackson, Tommy Jane. Ladies Strain. Love. Ladies Love, yes. <laughs> uh, you've you've got uh, from Thor, Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He literally pisses in the wind at one point. There's a lot of things to like at Deep Blue Sea. So. Oh yeah, it's stupid. So we're, Can't wait. we're doing Silly Deep Blue Sea <laughs> next week. So look forward to that. And then the schedule may flip around a little bit after this, but I will let you know that the uh, the next new movie we'll be doing is The Tomorrow War when it hits Amazon. So look forward to that. And I'm telling everyone no. this publicly so that Tara can't like talk me out of it. <laughs> Can we do Soylent Green instead? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you're going to watch the bad alien movie with Chris Pratt. <laughs> it's probably going to be bad. It's probably going to suck. Probably, yeah. probably not be a disaster, but it's probably going to be like a really middling blockbuster. That's my probably. That's my guess. But hey, you never know. May, may surprises. May surprises. So that's coming up. Uh, yeah, I like this one. I will take this time to thank your Patreon producers. So thank you. Why don't you scroll up? Why don't you scroll up? So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are our Patreon producers at the $20 tier or more. But Tara is going to tell you all you. the details about mm-hmm. Patreon right now. That's right. Yes, that's right, Peter. <laughs> if you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will actually get bonus episodes of the ace so if you're looking for your favorite b-movie schlock it's probably there or it's up and coming so go over there and check out our transfer saga review our time cop review our gary graham films our david carradine films they're all there for you plus you get horror movies too from the other show yeah screams after midnight which is good too yeah that one the the long running um, show which is getting dangerously close to five hundred episodes. Ooh, so big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep, five hundred episodes, but not like ten years worth. How long have you been doing it? No, I keep in mind October thons and. Oh yeah, the, you guys do like a movie a day for that. Yeah, and th- there was a time when we used to do two a week regularly for periods. So uh, you know. Okay. So th- yes, okay. yes. But five years, yes. Hmm. Five years, five hundred episodes. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Well, good. Wait, I think we just had four seven nine. I think the one that just went out was four seven nine or four eight. So we're, like I can say, we're close. Well, if maybe if Tim Weber returns from his, you know, paternity leave. Don't worry. I've been. Nu- you guys can make that number. I've been nudging him. I've been nudging him gently. Okay. <laughs> I've been nudging. A little bit of fondling. Tell him that he needs to get his priorities straight here. <laughs> yes. Baby's got mama. <laughs> yes. You know. You know. You're not a single dad. Come on. <laughs> so yes. 
Anyway, that's that's the that's the ace. Uh, I will say, especially since we're on a new YouTube channel, Mail Fuzz Movies. This is our I think third episode on this channel. Um, please do like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications and comment. All those things help it a lot with YouTube metrics and how YouTube shares out to more people and how we grow our audience. So please do hit all those buttons. Um, but as previously mentioned, you can also of course go and support us financially over at Patreon.com slash TV. But uh, that is pretty much it. Yes. That's the show. So thank you very much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction movies and computer at Salsa. And oxygen.